Hello everybody and welcome to episode 2 of Baby Steps. I'm Scott, your host, and appreciate everyone uh, for giving episode 1 a listen. Uh, I certainly do appreciate the support. And this should be an interesting episode today. A lot of different ways I could have gone with this and still probably will go a lot of ways once we start. But just kind of looking at things... uh, In case you did not listen to the first episode, it's more or less my story of how I got to where I'm at. I do want to throw a disclaimer out there before we get started. This isn't a how-to of of being a Christian. I I probably don't have any of the answers. A lot of this is just me talking through my weekly walk and journey and questions that I have and thoughts that I have. And I've got a lot of them for today. But I do want to start with something that I brought up uh, last episode was a question of back when I was going through my really bad depression, I had trouble keeping jobs. And every time I would post, I'd get a job on Facebook, I'd I'd get several, you know, happy for you, it's a blessing from God. And then when I'd lose that job, I would get, oh, well, I guess it just wasn't God's plan. <clears throat> so, and that always bothered me because the, the question was, well, how can it be a blessing but not part of the plan? Why would he bless me with something that wasn't part of the plan? And I think I've come up at least with an idea as to why. And I think it has a, a lot to do with a question that a lot of people ask themselves. And I still ask myself this question to this day is... After everything that I've done, everything that I am doing, and everything I might do in the future, why does God still forgive me and why does God do good things for me? And it's a question that, you know, rings out because you, you look at it, we don't deserve it. But why does he continue to to do that for us? And... To tie that into where to what I'm talking about is the fact that I, I truly think that <clears throat> every time God blessed me with another job, it was his way of saying, I'm here, let me in, let me help, I have something bigger for you. And then I don't listen, and it fails, and it's okay. I forgive you, I love you, I've got... uh, Stick with me. And maybe I'm wrong with that, because it kind of contradicts the fact of that, you know, the... What a lot of preachers, the illustration is, God's standing there at the door. He's waiting for you to invite him in. But that was the best thing that I could come up with, is that this whole time, he's still... Keeping me safe, like I've got more for you. Whatever, whatever that more is, I don't know. And that's part of what I wanted to talk about today. But we'll we'll get to that here in a second. Uh, because today at church, just and this is being recorded on Sunday. So if you're listening to this a couple days from now, uh, you know just. 
the message I got in church today just kind of made me think, and honestly, I've not cried like that in a long time. <clears throat> and I don't know why, but it was a message about distractions and what keeps us distracted. And, you know, over the last few Sundays, the message has been about... Know, making God number one, and God needs to be number one in your life, and, you know, Lord knows he hasn't been in my life almost my whole life. And I bring that up because also part of this, the, <clears throat> our, our pastor today, Pastor Guy, um, was talking about Go ahead, chase your dreams, chase your goals, chase, but don't put it ahead of God. And that brought up a big question in my head. Because a lot of the stuff, and if you listen to last week's episode that, that I really have struggled with for my whole life, is just this hyper-competitiveness. For some reason, I just felt I had to beat everybody and everything, and it didn't matter. I joked about it, but ultimately it was true. I'd have tripped my own grandma to win. I cheated at a church youth group Christmas party to win a puzzle-making contest. That's how far I took it. And going through a lot of things, going through different programs to try to help me out, you know... It was pointed out to me, well, that's wrong. That's wrong. You need to stop. You just need to stop the competitiveness altogether. And I actually have. But for some reason, kind of today, it just made me think that that competitive fire that. Because a part of competitiveness is you want to get better. You're doing something you want to get better at it. But is that wrong? Is the striving to be better at something wrong? And it really just hit me to realize that that kind of a core of my being <clears throat> is... I've always just had this iron will when I was young of I was just going to learn something. I just, I learned different sports and it was just, I was going to be at least decent at everything. And it was just constant learning and learning and learning and <clears throat> trying to get better. <clears throat> Sorry. And I, I just keep thinking back to all of that and up to this point. Through the different things, counseling, everything I've been told, well, that's all wrong. And I'm starting to wonder, because it's, it's weird, it's like a switch in me just flipped, and that's completely gone. To the point to where things that I'm even just trying to do as a hobby, I can't do. Because I start something, and I've been doing this for several years. I'll start something, and after a bit, I'll realize I'm not good at it. 
and just stop. Won't try to get better at it. Won't try to practice at it. Just, okay, well, guess I'm never going to get good at this. And just stop. And it just all just kind of came crashing down on me today that... Because especially with, like, a walk with God. Like today, the word deeper was brought up. Get deeper with God. Get deeper with friends. Get That requires learning. That requires... And I always wondered why I could never get to that. And for some reason, that part of me has just been shut off. Because I was told it was wrong and it was part of what was causing all of these problems. Caused me a lot of problems when I was a kid, too. Not only with just... With just getting that that constant just trying to learn everything but it caused problems with relationships and that obsessiveness and you know counselors will call it uh emotional intensity because when i was into something or into someone that was my obsession. That was, and you know, as as a guy, it does not help you get girls when you're in junior high and high school, because most girls don't want that intensive a relationship. <laughs> and when you're like that, it causes you to follow people around, and it is a very frustrating life to have, at least on that end. So I can see that's where the negative side of this is. But there's also the positive side of it where... I was all in on stuff. That's something that Pastor Dave has talked about. Go all in on it. And it's just all hit me today. Because I, I think I'm in the right frame of mind. But it also hit me that... There's a lot of stuff I don't understand. Even most of the the message today at church, I didn't understand. And for me, that's really hard for me sometimes. Because there's a part of me that at least thinks I should be able to at least understand something on a basic level. And sometimes, especially with this, I just don't understand it. And it gets very frustrating, and I think it's part of what holds me back. What holds my journey, my walk with God and Christ back. Is that I don't I don't have an understanding in in my head is okay, well you don't understand it. But as I thought more and more about it, you know, as the tears started flowing and you know, my friend Lori, I feel really bad because she was sitting next to me, and she had no clue what was going on. I mean, it even got to a point she she was trying to ask me, well, what's wrong? And I didn't know how to explain it. I even tried to say, I don't know how to explain it. She even asked, well, was it something I did? I'm like, well, no, it's something I've been doing my whole time. And ultimately, what I have come with, because I had great plans for today. 
I was going to do some cleaning. I was going to start playing guitar. I was going to do some stuff on the PlayStation. I was just going to have a day. After church, went out to eat with, with some people from church. Came home. Did some cleaning. Got the guitar out. And immediately got frustrated and just put the guitar away. Turned on the PlayStation. Didn't even get... Got maybe 10 minutes in. And decided, nope, this just isn't happening today. So now I'm stuck back in my normal mode of just watching random stuff on YouTube and other things. But the more and more I've thought about this the more and more I think I realize what the issue is. Is that that passion, that desire to want to learn, to want to, I guess, go deeper into things. That's part of me that I've shut off. That I need to flip that switch again. Because that's me, that's part of Scott, that's who I am. But also now, I think I, I'm at least, at least think that I can handle the negative side of it and not let it become an obsession to things, even though it's what I really need when it comes to learning more about God and, and my journey with Christ and all this is you need to have that. And the thing is, I don't know how to flip that switch, or maybe I do. Because the problem that I'm, that I'm now seeing is I'm scared. And I know a lot of you, you know, trust in God and, and give all the fear, but it scares me. Because quite honestly, I don't know how I flipped the switch to off. Because I didn't think that was ever going to go away. And I flipped the switch to off to the point to where I can't have hobbies because it's hobbies are supposed to be fun but also with with things you also want to improve at it say your hobby is drawing I'll just use me as an example I can't draw I'm terrible at drawing I didn't get that from my dad, that's for sure. My dad's a great drawer. My daughter Alexis, she could draw good too. I can't. So that'd be me, me like saying, I'm going to start drawing and I start with stick figures. And it never gets any further than stick figures. Because again, it's supposed to be fun, but also you, you want to do stuff that's nice. At least that's, maybe that's the way I think about it. Maybe my thinking's all wrong. I mean, message me and tell me I'm wrong. Again, you can find me on Facebook. My name is Scott Daly, D-A-I-L-E-Y. live in Knoxville, Iowa. You can look it up on Facebook. Also, my email address, scottdaily7 at gmail.com. Also, you can listen to the podcast on anchor.fm. Spotify, and Google Podcasts, all under the title Baby Steps. But it's just, it's gotten to a point to where 
It's just things just are not fun. And I try. I, I, I sincerely, sincerely try. I tried yesterday. Case in point. Again, I'm a video game fan. I like to play with Alexis. I like to play on my own. And maybe you could tell me, well, Scott, you're 43. This shouldn't bother you. But it does. So I was playing Friday night with a group of people that I've, that I've met through online. And just was not having a good time. Wasn't playing well. Just what it, it just was not fun. Woke up Saturday morning. Same group of people. Well, different part of that group asked me to play. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to try to have fun today. And it just was not working. To a point to where I just got mad and I just shut everything off. Shut everything off. Then I left my apartment for a little bit. I came back. There was a message uh, from one of the people of the group. Like, you know, we're just trying to have fun. If anyone said anything to you that made you upset, it's all in good fun. We're not, we're not here for anything else. And, like, you're a good player. And you, you and your daughter are welcome to play at this any time. So later on in the day, same group popped on, went back and played with them, tried to have fun, and had a little bit of fun, but still just, it just, to me, it just, there wasn't any sort of improvement of getting any better at anything. And again, maybe that thinking is wrong, and maybe that's the reason why. But it's also because then when I look at that, it's like, okay, well, you want to get better, Scott. Why don't you just try to get better? Look into things. Read things. Watch this. Do how-to things. Okay, that's great. Problem is, the old me would be all about that. Since that f switch got flipped off, I have no interest in that. And it's almost like today I'm starting to realize that's a core of me of I've always asked questions about things, or if I'm into something, I always want to learn as much as I can about it. And I guess the scary part of it is, and it's not... If I were to somehow magically flip that switch to on, and went all in and started reading the Bible, and started, that's all great, that's what everyone's talking about. I guess what scares me is, does the floodgates open and everything else? Or am I able to handle it? So here's the problem is, is that now it's holding me back in my walk with God. It's holding me back in everything else. But I just don't know. Because again, I've been told, that's wrong. That's what's hurting you. That's what's causing you all these problems. It needs to go away. Well, I killed it. I shut it off. I don't know how, but I did. And now the ultimate question with me is... Does that need to get turned back on? Does that need to be resurrected? Or is there another way? 
So that really hit me. Maybe something you shouldn't cry about, but, you know, what I'm realizing, again, this goes back to, and maybe I'm off on this, but I remember I had a pastor tell me this about different different gifts from God and different things that people are and different things that people have. I'm a crier when it comes to that. When I really start to feel the presence of God, I cry. Just how I am. Any other thing, I can't cry. You know, I apologize to to my family and stuff, but even when I saw my mom on the day she died, I couldn't cry. I don't know why, but I just couldn't. You know, I talked about it last week by my second marriage at our reception. My wife blacks out, doesn't have a pulse for two minutes. She's dead on the floor in front of me. Not one tear. Get me in a church, get me in the right frame of mind, and I start to feel it, I start bawling. So that was so that was today. And I'm still trying to work through it. I mean, honestly, if this was me three, four, five, six, eight, ten months a year ago, after what I went through today with all that thinking and all that, I probably don't record this podcast and you never hear it again. So at least that's a, that's a victory is the fact that I got on here and I'm recording it. So again, I want your thoughts. Um, again, look me up on Facebook, my email address. So that was today. A couple other things this week, though. Wednesday night Bible study. We talked about wisdom. And that was something that really made me think because, you know, what we see in movies and TV and books is the... The old wise man. Person that just seems to know everything. And that's not really what this was talking about. The whole concept of wisdom and, and that sort of thing. Not necessarily has to do with intelligence. And it made a lot of sense. It involves doing good deeds and, and and that sort of thing and it all ties in with teaching because we had another uh, Wednesday night Bible study where it's talking about teachers and how some people don't need to be teachers and how in God's eyes he holds teachers to a higher standard and again it makes a lot of sense and it makes a lot of sense now as to I've had people in my family and in my life that were extremely knowledgeable about the Bible. But yet I know nothing. And I've always kind of raised that question of, well, you know these people, they know all this about the Bible, why didn't they teach it to you? And it always bothered me, because I always took it personally as to, well, maybe they just didn't want to teach me. And I don't think it was that at all. I just think that... 
some people just aren't teachers. Some are blessed on this earth and put on this earth to teach people things. Some aren't. It also brings me back to a point that I made last week too, to where I talked about the hypocrisy that I saw of church people and how it bothered me and how how can you, you know, portray this and be something different. And it just kind of hit me this week too that, well, it's because I was holding them up on a higher pedestal. Someone can be a pastor, an elder of a church, a deacon, whatever you want to call it, a Christian. But I guess what never dawned on me back all those years is, yeah, they may have those titles or whatever, but they're still people. And people aren't perfect. Sure, it's disappointing, it's confusing. But another thing that, that's kind of come up over this past week is, you know, looking at people and who they are and what they have or what they do and and jealousy and wanting to know, well, why do they have that but I don't? I'm a good person too. And it goes back to my, my example from last week of the church that I grew up in was they were really big and really it seemed like the only gift of the Spirit that they talked about was speaking in tongues. You didn't speak in tongues, you were SOL. Sorry, but that's just how it seemed like it was presented to me. And I couldn't do it. And I saw kids in my youth group and people in the church that could. And, and some of it was just, again, it's like, you're given that gift, but man, some of the things I've seen you do, how does that work? And it bothered me all these years. And it was part of the reason why there was a good block of time in my life where I did not go to church because I just didn't want to deal with it. But now come come to realize, they're just people. Everyone falls. I fall, you fall, everyone falls. Pastors fall. Elders of the church fall. Lord knows we've seen it in the media, televangelists and all these big names, uh, preachers and all that. They've all fallen. Everyone does. Because nobody can be perfect. And maybe that's the part of all this that I feel that if I can turn that switch on, I'll be okay with. Because before, I strive for perfection. No matter how good I got at something, or how much I knew about something, I always felt I could be better, could be more. It's like, oh no, you're not good enough. Which the love war is at should have been fine. But it's like, oh no, you could go further. 
And I'd like to think now, I don't think that would be an issue. It's, it, I'm to the point now to where I don't want to be perfect. I just want to be Scott. And honestly, I don't truly know what that is or who that is. I know parts of it. I know bits and pieces of it because throughout my life, bits and pieces, it comes out, he comes out. But not all of it. And it makes me feel <coughs> really bad, even though I've apologized to everyone in my life that I could. You know, both of my wives. <coughs> I've apologized to both of them. Like, hey, you know, sorry, I just... You got parts of me. You didn't get the full me. I don't know why. Wasn't done on purpose. You just, you, you didn't get the full me. Which also raises the question too of... How did you fall in love with me if it wasn't the full me? And maybe that's part of the question too. Is the full is the real Scott lovable? I guess the answer to God is yes. And maybe that's another thing that holds all that back is. For some reason, I like to think I'm a decent person. People tell me I am. I have a lot of people that care about me. Not getting the full me, not the full Scott out there. So I don't know why that gets held back. But I think that's a question that a lot of people answer. Am I lovable? I think that's a question that holds a lot of people back from going to church. Getting saved. Oh, well, why would God love me? I don't know all the answers, but at least I can answer that. I mean, look at me. I'm someone that has blamed God for every bad thing that's ever happened to me in my life. I've lived my life thinking that God was punishing me for stuff that I've done, so he purposely was making my life terrible. No matter how hard I tried, no matter how good of a person I thought I was, I was still getting punished for this. But yet in my darkest hours, my darkest days, my darkest thoughts... Of where the only way I thought was out was ending my life, he was there. I know it's a really bad analogy, but because what I'm learning is is that the love of God is it's, it's something you just can't understand. There's a lot of things about God you can't understand. Which, being someone who's very analytical like me, causes a lot of problems. 
especially when it comes to God's plan. God has a plan for you. Great. What is it? Don't know. He'll tell you. Well, when will he tell me? Don't know. It's on his time. Well, why? Why can't you at least give me a hint of it? I don't know. The same thing with God's love. And here's a really bad analogy, but I'll just use it because I like to use analogies. And quite honestly, I used to pride myself on being able to use any conversation and I could throw in some sort of sports fact. I could kind of do this with a lot of stuff. I'm a fountain of useless knowledge. But God's love and, and questioning it is kind of like the song Austin by Blake Shelton. If you're a country music fan, you know what I'm talking about. Basically, it's a song about a guy who was with someone. Her name was Austin, and she moved away. Left him and moved away. And after a while, she starts to think about him, and she calls the guy up. And on his answering machine, it talks about, you know, I am doing this today and this today. I won't be home till till. Sunday late or whatever. And at the end of the voice message says, P.S. if this is Austin, I still love you. And the other part of the song is that she's trying to, she doesn't understand it, floors her. You know, and one of the lines is, it's something along the lines of what kind of man holds on that long, what kind of love must that be? Well, it's kind of the same thing with God. Look at some of the stuff we do. And God sits up there and looks down on us like, oh, that's not good. But I still love you and want you to be my child. kind of weird it's almost making me cry right now because it's just something that I don't know you know it makes me ask the question you know why me but it's the good question kind of a good question because it used to be why me why are you picking on me why are you making my life bad? Why are you taking this away from me? Why are you allowing this to happen to me? And now, sometimes just, you know, it's like, man, I've done some bad stuff and I've blamed you for a lot. Of it, but still, why me? I'm still working on, you know, my, my self-esteem and everything. It's, it's starting to come back, but still, I wouldn't pick myself most days. But yet he would. And it's one of those things that just, again, maybe I'll learn more. If I go deeper into that. And that just kind of brings us all full circle to. I guess I just don't know what to do. Or 
I know what I need to do. And maybe it's just to the point to where I need to set aside the fear. Let it go. Figure out how to flip that switch to on. And go full steam ahead. And that needs to be with everything in my life though. But I also have to remember I can't start stacking things up like I used to. Because again, what's really been pressed to me at church is okay to have hobbies. You can have dreams. You can, you can chase after that dream. Even though right now I don't really know what my dreams are. Just really at this point, I'd really like to learn how to play guitar. Anyone out there that knows how to play guitar wants to teach me, hit me up. Let me know. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know, and maybe I do know, I'm just holding it in. I don't, I don't know how to flip that switch to on or if that's what I need to do. That completely got away from the wisdom thing and I do apologize about that. We'll definitely circle back around to that at another point. But it's also something I need to learn is it's okay to be okay. Don't have to be great. Don't have to be super. Don't have to be outstanding. Don't have to be anything. It's okay to be okay. And this whole part of understanding also is Paul's relationships too. I'm still learning and people who have been friends with me could probably speak to this. I'm someone that really doesn't know how to have friends without being in some sort of competition with them. My friend Jerry, we competed with each other at everything. And not just like friendly competition. I mean, we got after each other. You would think we hated each other. We were enemies, but we really weren't. He was like my brother. We spent a lot of time together. My friend Joe, he got me in the darts, and I tried to compete with him all the time. He didn't really try to compete with me because he learned that. He's able to compete but also have friends and be able to you know, separate the two where I couldn't. I mean, he's a pro-level dart player I was trying to beat him or trying to maybe that's not what I was supposed to do but that's just how I was my friend Lars we competed at absolutely everything and then it goes into other relationships I look at the people that I have dated it's not many and I've been, and I've been married twice so really when I look at it I have I've been married twice. In total, I've dated five people in my life. And the, th and the thing is, is that I never separated dating someone from the rest of my life. I immediately started dating someone, and I'm with them all the time. My first wife, we lived an hour apart every weekend, driving an hour to go see her. Sometimes midweek, driving an hour to go see her. 
the the girlfriends that I had that I didn't that didn't end up marrying, spent all my time with them. My second wife. We went out on one day, and I'm like, "Yep, this is it." Spent all my time over at her place all the time, to a point to where I barely spent any time in my own apartment, except to sleep, eat, shower, get dressed, go to work, or when I had my daughter. But otherwise, every other time, it, it, it was just. But it's part of that emotional intensity too, the bad side of it. And I never really learned how to grow, how to cultivate an actual relationship with people. I'm still learning now. People at my church, if I act kind of weird sometimes, it's it's just I'm just trying to learn. I'm trying to learn how to be friends with people that don't involve anything like that. And eventually it's going to lead to me being interested in wanting to date someone. And that's where whoever it is, they're just going to have to bear with me because I just don't know. Because out of all the reading and all the books I read, I never read any relationship books. I was reading physics books in fifth grade, anatomy books in fifth grade. I was reading all sorts of random stuff to the to the point to where I knew stuff far beyond the age that I was at. And I look back on it and I'm like, yeah, it's kind of cool to know all this stuff, but did it get me anywhere? Not really. Maybe instead of reading that book, I should have been talking to people. But again... Where that inner monster in your head is telling you you're crap and you're not good enough all the time. You don't really want to talk to people. So I know it, people keep telling me it's a process. It's a process. Yeah, it's it's a process. That's That's for sure. It's a big long process. That it almost seems like on a daily basis. I mean, look at this. Two weeks ago on a Wednesday, I go to a Bible study and Pastor Dave asked me, Hey, do you got an idea for your podcast yet? And I said, Oh, I'll probably do sports. He goes, Everyone does that. Maybe try this. And now look at me, two episodes in. You know, I didn't go to Bible study expecting that. Just like today, I didn't go to church expecting all of that either. I mean, at least the one thing I've been able to keep somewhat in check is my job to where I've got to learn to do stuff and I've done a pretty decent job at it. I just don't know why that hasn't transitioned over to the rest of my life. And maybe I'll start to get answers here in September. Uh, I'm going to start taking a class called The Ultimate Journey. It's 13 weeks. And you know, maybe I could start to get some answers to this or start to move things in the right direction. Because I'm sure a lot of you thinking, well, 
you had to have seen a therapist and you know last week i have seen therapists this is what i've been diagnosed with i got diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and then i had more issues and i went back and it's like no no you don't have borderline personality disorder you're bipolar and then i got even worse and i went back like no 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 you have both and i'll never forget my reaction like i have both is that possible and they're like yeah so then i went to another therapist like well i've been diagnosed with both and they laughed they're like you can't have both seems more like you have borderline personality disorder or emotional intensity so it's kind of funny on we had to fill out an application form for the ultimate journey and one of them was well what have you been diagnosed with and i put borderline personality disorder but i'm just like i guess that's the one that i've been diagnosed with the most But who knows? Maybe I don't even have that. I don't know. A lot of signs point towards it. So a lot of questions. And questions are good. I'm learning that. Because there's a point in time in my life where I wouldn't ask questions. Because I was afraid. Ah, you don't need to answer questions, Scott. You're smart enough. You'll figure it out on your own. I'm starting to realize now that I've gotten older, well, that's not really the best way to live. Because for the most part, you're not smart enough to do it. Or I'm not smart enough to do it. And maybe it's a fact of that I'm not as smart as I have thought I've been. So again, all part of the learning process and I know my first wife I told her I was learning to play guitar. She's like, it's gonna take a lot of patience. And that's something I've lacked is patience. I do like to test myself though, so maybe that'll be something maybe I'll start tomorrow. But I think that's gonna wrap it up for Baby Steps episode two. Again, I appreciate everyone giving love to the first episode and, and listening. Again, you can listen to the podcast on anchor.fm. It's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm. You can also get it on Spotify and Google Podcasts. You want to look under the title Baby Steps by Scott Daly. Because I know at least on Spotify there's another show called that. So you want to look for, for by Scott Daly. Again... I'd love to get some feedback from you. Look me up on Facebook, Scott Daly, D-A-I-L-E-Y. I live in Knoxville, Iowa. ScottDaly7 at gmail.com is my email address. Fire me off an email. Let me know what you think of the show. Also go on Spotify. Listen to the show on Spotify. Uh, rate the show. I certainly would appreciate that. Thank you, everyone, and I will be back next week.